Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, brothers and sisters. We praise him for allowing us to gather together to worship him. Our hearts beat with joy, for we can see faces of people and names of people, and we see brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see broken people. We see people in need of encouragement. We see people who need to be reminded that they are loved by God and that they are loved by us as God's people. We are imperfect. But we serve a perfect God who gives us opportunity, gives us courage, and gives us faith to love him and to approach one another in humility and grace. We praise him today and every day. Our message today is our final message in our series on eschatology, and in fact, our series on doctrine matters. We are talking about the second coming of Christ. We're talking about that day when Jesus returns, 
a day that no mortal being knows except God himself. It's foolish for any of us to try to divine or to guess or to figure out that exact day when Jesus returns. But scripture assures us that Jesus will return and that there will be a final moment of reckoning for all of creation and especially those who are made in the image of God. This new heaven and earth that will come down will look much like what we have here today. We will have trees in its glorified state. There will be animals in their glorified state. And there will be you and I who believe in the Lord in our glorified state. We also know that this is a time of final judgment. That those who have passed away at the moment, that those who are who have come to faith in the Lord are with Jesus right now, enjoying fellowship in their spiritual being, loving the Lord and being loved by Him, awaiting for Jesus' second coming. And we learned last week that there are those who are in Hades waiting for that final judgment, waiting for the day when they will come before the judge and their final sentence is read to them. Those who do not know the Lord will be thrown into everlasting torment, along with the father of lies, Satan himself, and his dominions, the demons who follow him. We learned last week that we have to remember that our battle here on earth is not against humanity, but it's against the darkness, the evil one, who seeks to spread lies about our Father in heaven. But today we will learn about the joy of the second coming of Christ and the joy of what this new heaven and this new earth will look like. And for us to prepare ourselves for the second coming of Christ. It's interesting that nowadays in, in entertainment, that what is popular in movies and TV series are dystopian in nature. They look at the future and they see the future as destruction of perhaps a nuclear fallout. Or even more popular today is, is zombies, of the zombie takeover of the world. But the end of the world, the way that entertainment likes to view it, is that all things will be destroyed by humanity. This is the future that many of us as, as human beings here on this world who look at the fallenness of people, we can't but help but feel as if there might be some truth in what they say. That people at their very core, their very nature, 
is are destructive. And as our technology continues to advance, many of us begin to think it only takes one little mistake, one press of the button for all the world to be destroyed. Now, this isn't a view that all of us want to, to have and to carry in our hearts. And these movies don't do that either. For in the movies, there's always a remnant, a group of people who are still good, who are still looking to restore humanity. And there's something that resonates in the heart of men and women that we do not want the end to look like destruction. But we want the end to look like humanity fully restored. But these movies simply end there. These TV series simply end there with the hope. And the reason why these movies or series simply end there with the hope is because any picture that they draw in terms of what this perfected humanity will look like will fall short of the human imagination and will fall short of the longings of the human heart. Draw for yourself as best you can what a world will look like without God. Draw for yourself as best you can a world that looks good, but knowing that sin still exists. There is nothing that we could draw up. But scripture gives us a picture that is not only imaginative, but is true. And that fulfills the longing of every human heart. You see, when the new heavens and the new earth return, we know that this new heaven and new earth will be perfected according to God's design. And there are three things in general that I want to impress upon you about what Scripture teaches us about this new heaven and this new earth. First, the new heaven and this new earth will be perfected creation. Let me say that again. This new heaven and this new earth will be perfected creation. Now, I hinted at this two sermons ago. But we will see in this new heaven and new earth, all of creation being what it intended to be. There will be trees that will grow according to God's perfect design. Trees that will give glory to God in its perfection, in its beauty. There will be animals that will give glory to God in its perfection and in its being. We will see the lion lying with the lamb. We will see the harmony 
of the animals together. And in so doing, we will see God's intended handiwork of what the trees, the flowers of the field, the animals, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air singing unto the Lord. It will be a perfected world that we will be living in. Picture for yourself the most beautiful scenery you have ever seen. For some of you, it may be the beach. For some of you, it may be maybe Korea, parts of Korea. For some of you, it may be Yellowstone Park. For some of you, it may be the Grand Canyon. And the breathtaking beauty of what you see around you. That itself is enough to feed our longing for God in our hearts. How much more the perfected beauty of all of creation about us. This is what we all long for. That creation will not be frustrated by sin. That creation will not be frustrated by humanity. But that creation will bear its fruit and bear its beauty freely and lovingly to the glory of God. We ourselves as God's people will be perfected in that same way. Scripture teaches us that right now, Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, that he is in heaven right now, and that he has resurrected in bodily form. This is one of the strangest things that, <coughs> that, I, that I tried to wrap my mind around. But those who have passed away right now and who are with Jesus in heaven, they do not have bodies yet. They are simply spirit, little s, spirit. But they're with Jesus, who is in bodily form right now. And so somewhere in the spiritual realm, Jesus is in bodily form with those who he has chosen to be his people. But in bodily form, he's living in the spiritual realm. How that works, I do not know. But this is a sign to those who, are, who have passed away that there's something more. And this something more is that one day their bodies will be restored. And that when this new heaven and this new earth come about, that Jesus will give unto each and every one of us a glorified body to live in this glorified world. This new heaven and this new earth will look something like we see now. By analogy, we'll be able to say, oh, this tree in this new heaven and new earth is like a tree in the old heaven and the old earth we used to live in. It's different. It's glorified. I can tell it's a tree, but it's a better tree. And it's the same with our bodies. 
We will have a glorified body that we ourselves right now have no idea what it may look like. But we will look at our bodies, we will look at each other, and we will know that this is a body. I have hands, I have eyes, this is a body. It's sort of like the body I had in my life on the previous heaven and the previous heavens and earth, but it's different, it's better. It's glorified. It's perfect. My body works as it was intended to work. My brain works as it is intended to work. And in fact, every physical illness, every mental illness associated with the the physical brain has gone away. And we'll be living a life with the Lord in a perfected creative state. Hallelujah. All things we may new, as Jesus says. Hallelujah. All things will be as they intended to be, to magnify the Lord fully. All of creation will be placed in its perfected, glorified state as it was intended to be. Now, that's simply the framework of this new Jerusalem and this new earth. That's simply the framework. That's simply the house that God is building. The second point is that this new heaven and this new earth will be filled with God's people. That those who have been chosen by God and who by faith declare Jesus as their Lord and Savior, on that last day of judgment, God will look upon us and say to us, listen, I do not see your sins, but I see the righteousness of my son Jesus. And because you are hidden behind my son, Jesus, and I've declared my son, Jesus, righteous, you are also declared righteous. You may pass. And enter into this new heaven and this new earth. You will live forever and ever. No more tears, no more death, no more mourning, no more pain for all the former things have passed away. And this judgment will be done for for people who are still here and people who are in heaven waiting for that final moment. And we will all be together in this glorified state, worshiping Jesus for all of eternity. But there's something else. You see, if we could say this, we could say that those who are judged to eternal damnation, that they will be in a state of pain and peril. And they will be in a state of utter loneliness and solitude, simply seeing their own pain, simply experiencing the judgment that God has given to us. 
But this new heaven, new, new earth is different. It's filled with what we simply called, well, love. This new heaven and this new earth will be a perfected love for you and I. Now, what does this love look like? Is this this Pollyannish love we just hug all the time? Do we just walk around and go, I love you, I love you, you love me? Is, is that what we're going to do? Is it going to be some kind of sappy movie that, that we watch? This love is for each and every one of us. It's going to be a love that is Christ-centered. And this is why this new heaven and this new earth is so different from anything that Hollywood could produce because it will be an anathema to Hollywood, an anathema to the people in this world. You see, in, in, in Matthew chapter 5, it, it talks about the fact that there will be actually sort of rewards in heaven. That, you know, if you are someone who's been persecuted, if you are someone who's been hated because of the gospel, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Well, well, because they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It also says that, listen, that, you know, that uh, the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, not a word will pass away. And in fact, if anyone here um, doesn't obey it, it teaches others not to obey it, they'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But for those of you who who obey the law and teach the law, in other words, live the life that you're supposed to live as a Christian, well, great is your reward in heaven. And in fact, it says that those who teach the gospel and those who teach others about Jesus, they'll be judged and there will be a portion or reward that is given to one another. You might ask, well, isn't that unfair? What what does that mean? I thought that this new heaven and then this new earth Everyone is going to be equal, and we will all simply live this egalitarian life together. And the answer to that is, I believe, not really. Now, don't get me wrong. Once we enter into the kingdom of heaven, we will all rejoice. We will all rejoice. But there will be rewards given to different people according to the life that they've lived here according to the way their faith has played out here and their faithfulness to the Lord. Now, we also know that all of that is by faith and faith alone. But what happens in the new heaven and new earth is very distinct. There will not be jealousy. There will not be rivalry. But there will be a rejoicing. of what God has done through every person for the glory of God and our love for one another, for how they loved Jesus and brought him glory will only grow. I don't think any of us, if we are in a new heaven, new earth, and we saw the apostle Paul, will go through the apostle Paul and say, I'm jealous of you, man. 
or go to the Apostle Paul and say, man, I can't believe your reward is so much bigger than mine. But we would go to the Apostle Paul and would say, praise God, Paul. I love you, Paul. Thank you so much for being so faithful to our Lord. Spreading the gospel to the Gentiles. Obeying him and writing these epistles that we may know God. Praise you, Paul. Your reward is great. You deserve it, and I love you for it. And Paul, being the least of all apostles, as he would say, will look at us and simply say, I will simply obey my God. And I love you for your obedience as well. And for the way that you have served on earth as well. And the way that you have shown God's grace and mercy. You see, heaven's about love. It's about us interacting with one another, praising God for the ways that we have been obedient unto him. Recalling our days in the first heaven, in the first earth. A recalling of how much Jesus has worked through one another, our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Now, why is this picture so important? Why is this sort of perfected understanding of gifts given to the body of Christ? Why is this perfected understanding of rejoicing together in heaven New heaven and new earth of what God has done. Why is this so important? Because it echoes what we need to be practicing here on earth. If it's true that heaven and earth is about fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, at the very least, forever and ever, that we need to invest in what is important for our new lives in heaven and earth. And that is living here in such a way that our love for one another exceeds that of this world and exceeds that of our own desires. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the fact that we are one body. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again to the, the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 22, On the contrary, the parts of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated, treated with greater mod modesty. Verse 26, the end. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. What we are doing as a church, a local church, and what we are doing as a church community of this global church is we are understanding that we all belong together and that we all rejoice and rejoice especially Especially when we see each other wrestling with obeying the Lord and being encouraged by the gift that God has given this church to follow Jesus together and not being jealous or not overthinking about what God is doing, but to rejoice in what he is doing. 
Do you not understand that God gives us babies and little children, not only as a sign of, of his love for us in terms of growing our family, but also a sign to the church that, listen, these little beings are part of God's body. They are here to keep you humble. They are here to say, your time does not belong to you. Your time belongs to these children who need to hear and be raised in the gospel. God puts what we, what we say are quote-unquote weaker people in our body, not, not to sort of frustrate us, but to show us once again that they belong to the body of Christ, and they are there for us to serve. And God gives to us, quote-unquote, the greater people in our body so that we can learn from them and ask them to pray for us, and ask them to encourage us. And together in doing so, we give glory to Jesus. This is what the new heavens and new earth will look like. It will be a place of love, a perfected love for one another of how we've obeyed Jesus Christ. And so it's our duty to invest in where moth cannot touch, where rust cannot rust, but to invest in our relationships with one another. Third and lastly, the new heavens and new earth will be a place where Jesus, the Alpha Omega, will be present forever and ever. He will be the sun that shines the sun that never sets. He will be present in every turn of the head. He will be present in our mornings, in our walks. You cannot get away from him. You thought perhaps social media was bad enough and turning that off. You thought your phones were, were bad enough and you needed to, to get rid of your phones. But a new heavens and a new earth, you can't shut Jesus off. And in fact, the prayer is for you and for me as believers is that we would never want to shut Jesus off here on this earth. This is what we practice. For we know in the new heaven and the new earth, God will perfect that in us. Our hearts will always want to see Jesus and will never, ever be satisfied. But Jesus' presence, his infinite presence, will always be there to feed us and to give us life. The new heavens and the new earth is waiting for us, brothers and sisters. Practice today what will be given to you for all of eternity. Ask the Lord, Lord, may my heart treasure you and nothing else, that I may rejoice fully when you return. Practice loving one another and loving one another, in, especially as each one of us works and labors to show forth Christ. Rejoice in one another as we do so. That again, when we're in the new heavens and the new earth, we may rejoice together as brothers and sisters and say to one another, 
Thank you for your obedience. I love you for the way you love the Lord. Praise be to our Lord and Savior. Praise be to what awaits you and me. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We cannot wait until we are home, home at last, with you. But Lord, we want this home, Lord, not to be of our own design, our own making. We are not the one who builds the house. Neither are we the one who designs the house. Neither are we the ones who choose who lives in the house. You do all that. And we are grateful for any home that we would design. Well, would not fit, Lord. But you, the perfect architect, you've designed something that awaits us that is beautiful. And so, Lord, we ask of you, Lord, to give us hope and joy in that. And we ask of you, Lord, in so doing, give us hope. Give us, help us, Lord, to live our lives in according, in accordance with our investment in that future. Let us invest our lives, Lord, loving you. Let us invest our lives loving our brothers and sisters, loving our church, loving the global church, loving our enemies. Lord, none of us want heaven, the new heaven and new earth to be a surprise. We want it to be something that we long for. We want it to be something, Lord, that, that gives us hope and drive here in this world. So help us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in all things. And so in your name we pray. Amen.